0: we're back with another episode of too fit to be tied so what are we talking about today
1: um well we are talking to a we have a guest today all right she is a love pleasure and intimacy coach and her name her name is jen Bagayski. okay that was hard to pronounce (laughs) i did it yes (laughs) (laughs) yes so she's on the line so hi jen
2: Hello. Thank you so much for
1: having me. Yes, you're here with Jerome and I. Um, and
0: nice to meet you, Jen. Thanks for being nice here. Thank
1: you. Um, so I was telling people, uh, you know, a lot of times people are like, "Oh, what are you shoot? What are you going to shoot about?" You know, this podcast. And so I was telling some people that we are, you know, basically interviewing like a sex coach. And I have a feeling that if Jerome told people that people like people would be like, "Cool," you know, fist bumping and like awesome, can't wait to hear it. But the response that I got from people was, be careful. And I'm like, <laughs> um, I mean. <laughs> and,
0: and why do you think they told you to be careful?
1: Because I think as a woman, you're not supposed to talk about sex. And God forbid I overshare, which I do on a lot of podcasts. Um, you know, it would be frowned upon that I would be talking about sex or that okay, I have it. Getting or too have deep into it. your personal
0: life. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Which I thought was kind of fascinating.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Yeah. It's like I'm gonna share my experience. I mean, who knows? Let's see where this podcast is. Well. <laughs> you never
2: know what secrets may be revealed.
1: This is true. This is true. All right, Jen. So tell us, first of all, there are a lot of coaches out there, you know, life coach or a parenting coach or career coach. What what is a love, pleasure, and intimacy coach?
2: Yeah. So a lot of what I do is teach women how to get out of their heads and connect with their bodies so that they can, first of all, have a better loving and intimate relationship with their self and their body. And then in addition to that, be able to take that into their relationship and partnership with their partner.
1: And do you only work with women?
2: For right now, my focus has been on women. In the future, I do want to do some couple stuff, but that's more in the five to ten year range.
1: Okay. And then do you work with women that are, you know, mainly single, you know, married, newly divorced? Is there a specific type of woman that you, you know, sort of that gravitates towards you?
2: Yeah, because of the topic, it's kind of interesting. No, I actually have a variety of different women who come to see me. Um, There are some women, so like for me, for example, I was in a sexless marriage for 20 years. So there are sometimes women who will come to me being like, you know what, I'm I'm not happy in my relationship. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, So through working with them, you know, usually one of two things happen. Either they're able to maintain a better relationship with themselves and then take that on to improve the relationship with their partner, which absolutely can happen. Um, Or they get to a point where they choose differently and say, you know what, this isn't working for me anymore and I want to do something else. I can't settle in this type of relationship. Um, And then there are other women who are single or who um, have been divorced and are trying to find that partner. Like, I'm not a dating coach. That's <laughs> that's not my focus. The, the focus is really teaching women how to really reconnect back with you and your own body so that you can then take that into relationship with others. And I really believe that there is too much shame around the female body. And it gets in the way of us as women being able to just love ourselves and who we are. Like, I can't name very many women out there that don't complain about some body part. right? My boobs are too big, they're too small. My butt's too big, it's too small. I have this muffin top, right? And I've actually done research with a bunch of men. And in one of my books that I wrote, I actually have some um, experiences from men saying how beautiful women are and what they're really you know looking for in women. And we just totally pass it up because we have this total different ideal of what we think or what we suppose that our bodies are supposed to look like.
0: Uh, well, I know um, as a personal trainer, like I will – uh, talk to some of my clients, and they'll say, Oh, I don't like this part of my body. I don't like that part of my body. And there seems to be, um, and, I, and I don't know if you found this, Jen, but there seems to be this thing where um, I, I think that women will sometimes like break themselves down into different body parts as opposed to looking at themselves as a whole and saying, As a whole, I'm fine. You know, as opposed to saying, Okay. This little this little piece of fat here that's on my leg I don't like that and so therefore I'm not attractive.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it's a it's like you look at one piece and then all of you is wrong. Right. Right. Like there's it's like I'm completely broken because I have this one piece of me that is imperfect. Then all of me is you know imperfect and I don't like me as a whole which then really just gets in the way of the intimacy and connection that people want with others like a lot of what I found is I have more women coming to me not because they want to work on themselves right that I mean that's kind of the ultimate thing that's needed but it's like oh I want more connection and intimacy with my partner and he's not necessarily doing this for me, et cetera. But like what we need to really be able to do is learn about our own bodies and what brings us pleasure and what turns us on. But we live in such a society where the topic is shameful and taboo. I mean, if I use the word self-pleasure, like people sometimes look at me like I'm crazy right? Or if I use the M word, masturbation, right? People are like, oh my gosh, right? Like, that's just as bad as using the word sex, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we really need to have better education around what our bodies, our pleasure and sexuality really truly is.
1: So are these women, I guess, like, are they just... um more like they're not well versed on what they like, or is it that they just can't? They actually can't get past their insecurities, and that's the, the the reason that they're not in you know enjoying or finding intimacy.
2: Yeah, I think there's a variety of different things. I think one our our culture as a whole has done a really poor job on teaching us the beauty behind sexuality. So there's so much shame around it that. We don't have the education, like the basic education, right? We've probably been taught about the birds and the bees, but not around the fact that the clitoris has over 8,000 nerve endings and its sole purpose is pleasure. That's it. So when you think about how God designed the female body, that's that part's goal, right? Like it was intended for a purpose. There is so much healing and purification that actually comes through orgasm. However, we have never been taught that. We've been taught to shame it. We've been taught to not talk about it. We've been taught to slut shame people who do
0: focus on it. That if you even thought about Googling something or talking about it, right? Like there's something wrong with you if you even had a desire to even be curious about it. Hmm. Now, to what extent, so um, say you're working with a person and they can't connect with their partner. Um, to, I imagine in some cases, it's not that they can't connect with their bodies as much as there's some underlying issue in the relationship that's manifesting itself as this inability to connect.
2: Yes. And it's different for each person. And I would say it's probably a combination of both. Um, in, in many instances, there is something in the relationship where there's a communication breakdown on some sort, right? That there is um, maybe a desire or an expectation that has not been communicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and our relationships are our greatest teachers, that what I have personally found is that our relationships are meant to trigger us, right? They're meant to help us to heal when we look at them as opportunities to do so. So the whole point of actually having a partner is so that you can grow with each other. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything is always going to be roses right all of the time there is the opportunity for you to be open and honest with your feelings and and a lot of times a lot of women that I have seen are not in touch with themselves their own bodies they're afraid to say what they really want which then you know leads to additional challenges with the connecting with their partners
0: oh hmm because, and, and, and I guess in some cases, or I, I imagine in a number of cases, um, things were fine in the relationship at the beginning, and then it's, there's some place where it goes off the rails. Yes. So um, there's, a, there's a couple of different
2: things that I see. So there are some people that they had a you know, great connection when they were first together. They then had a kid. And of course, what ends up happening is as a mom... Sex becomes not a priority. The number one priority is let me take care of my children, the house, my job, etc. That the relationship and the sexual piece of it no longer becomes a priority or important. And what ends up happening is we put our bodies into overdrive. And what ends up happening then is we lose our libido. We lose that sexual desire to actually even think about being with our partners, right? Because if you're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, my kids are in the other room, right? How are we going to go ahead and even enjoy a night to ourselves when I got to worry about if the baby's going to come in, right? So this is like the mind racing piece of things that it's important to be able to teach women how to release some of those anxious thoughts and learn how to get, back into their bodies after they had children and are now in a different phase in their relationship.
1: Mm. Okay. So what made you get into this like line of work? I mean, you did, you did mention you were in a, you know, 20 year relationship. Um, is that what kind of catapulted you into exploring this topic or can you tell Um, us a little about that?
2: yeah thank you for asking so um basically it was 10 years ago on my 40th birthday um i actually my ex-husband and i were part of a group called marriage encounter and there were about i don't say 15 to 20 people couples in this room and i remember saying i don't want a marriage like my parents in front of all of these people and my my heart was racing, like I could feel my body shaking, my hands and palms were sweating because all the women or all of the people in the group knew my parents, right? They're very lovely people, but their marriage sucked. And I wanted more. I wanted that intimacy. I wanted that connection, et cetera. And the day after I went to confession and said, God comes and of my marriage. And he gave me what I like to call the sex dream, which was there was this beautiful, gorgeous woman in green lingerie that was dancing for my husband. And I was like, why is there this beautiful woman dancing for my husband? Like, this sucks. Like, I want that to be me. And I remember I was in a coaching program at the time. And they were like, you know who the woman is, right? I'm like, yeah, she's a woman on the hockey team. She is so put together. She's got the hair, the nails, the purse, the beautiful. You name it. And they're like, will you look at her again? I'm like, what? They're like, it's you. What are you hiding from?
0: Mm, wow.
2: And and it was that moment that I went, holy fuck! Like, what am I hiding from? I didn't believe that I was beautiful, gorgeous, and sexy. So. I decided that I was now gonna be on this mission to heal whatever was blocking me from having this deeply connected relationship with my husband and feeling better about myself and who I was. Um, And so that really started me on this journey to say, okay, what's in the way? And I was at a retreat uh, a couple months later And I remember feeling my body for the very first time. And I know it sounds kind of weird, but I think most of us women, we walk around numb. We are so busy doing life Mm -hmm. that we don't allow ourselves to be in our bodies and to feel. That, like, when I say I felt my body for the first time, it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I literally could feel the hands on my face and on my legs just go, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm literally connecting to this human body and at the end of the retreat I remember sitting in front of all of these women saying I have been called to do something different in life like my mission is to help educate women on how to find that connection with their bodies to love and connect with themselves so they can then have this More richer, fuller aliveness. And I didn't really know what it was going to turn into, right? Like that was like 10 years ago, right? Um, But that was like the catalyst for me deciding and claiming in front of all these women, this is what I was going to do. So for the last 10 years, I have been delving into anything I can think of. So I have read hundreds of books, I have taken so many different courses from sexuality experts to really just gain as much knowledge as I can about the sacredness of sexuality. And for me personally, I was sexually abused by my grandfather as a little girl and was raped at present at 16. I have like wow. gone through the healing of this trauma. And and I personally believe that, that there's so many women that have some type of, I'm going to call it sexual trauma, right? Like it doesn't have to be full out rape. It can be someone cat calling you or just making you feel ugly
3: in your skin, right? Around this topic and around our bodies mm-hmm. that we're so ashamed
2: to talk about it. And the reason I'm doing this work and the reason I share the stories that I share is because it helps other women on their healing journey. Because when you hear another woman's story and they can share what they have gone through and how they have moved through it, it gives other women permission and power to do the same thing for themselves.
1: So can you give us, um, first of all, I have to say that, thank you for sharing that. Um, it, it has to be so much harder for somebody like you who's gone through that kind of trauma to really feel comfortable in their own bodies or to feel comfortable around the topic of sexuality being you've gone through what you've gone through. So that's pretty, honestly, it's pretty amazing. Jerome, let's switch gears for a minute.
0: Why are we switching gears?
1: So I have to tell you about my new favorite insurance agent, John Dadbin, who just so happens to be a podcast advertiser.
0: Oh, by all means, let's hear it. (laughs)
1: Okay, so John Dadbin is with Goosehead Insurance. He offers home, auto, dwelling, and umbrella insurance coverage. And I met this guy at a networking event maybe about a year back. Mm -hmm. Super cool, easy to talk to. Like, we totally hit it off. He is like the kind of guy that if my house was on fire, I could totally call and be like,
0: help. After you call the fire department, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's phone Wait, call second, number two. Okay. So John checked rates for me. He said he couldn't save me money. And I was like, okay, well, thanks for trying. So six months later, he calls me out of the blue, and he's like, guess what? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I saved your information. I checked your rates. I could save you $1,000. Wow. And I I was like, you're not changing my insurance coverage. Everything stays the same. Yep, $1,000 less. Wow. Yeah. So the thing is, insurance is hard. Insurance, shopping for insurance is hard. And it doesn't need to be. When you have a guy like John who just, like, checks your stuff, all you have to do is hand in payment, and you're covered. Super simple, super easy. That's amazing. So if you're in Illinois, contact John. You can text him um text to fit t o o f i t so he knows that we sent you he will check your and uh, give you a quote check your insurance coverage let you know what he can do for you um 312-680-6242 that's john 312-680-6242 can you tell us like a, without obviously you know, going into too much detail or giving any names, can you give us, like, a success story? Somebody you've worked with that you're really the most proud of, that you're like, this is why I do what I do.
2: Hmm. Wow. Hmm. So interesting. I've never had somebody ask me that particular question before. (laughs) (laughs) Um...
1: And if you can't think of like an act, a one, you know, one person, if you even just like what makes this, what makes your job so rewarding?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think what, what makes the job so rewarding is when I see women being able to open up and heal um, things that they didn't realize were actually getting in the way of their overall aliveness As a woman, I believe sexuality is spirituality, that if we understood the sacredness around it, we would see the power that it allows us to have, not just with our partner, but our relationship with our children. I have had some clients have breakthroughs with their children. Because of them claiming their body, their pleasure, their sexuality. And someone might think, that sounds so bizarre and odd. Like, what does having a sex life have to do with having a better relationship with my kid? Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day, I think why this is so hard is because people hear the word sex or sexuality, and they automatically just think taboo, porn, bad, right? Right. But it's so much deeper than that. God created this sacred experience for so much more. And when we can understand and unlock those messages that are underneath, we can see that as women, our sexuality is the source of our power. It is where our creative energy lies. We can actually manifest more In our life, when we are using our sexual energy for creation and for transmutation, that, but we haven't been taught on how to do that. So, when I say sexuality, people are like, ooh, you're a sex coach. You know what? We can't talk to you. And it's like, <laughs> if, if you truly understood, I think that's the thing that the people who do work with me are like, oh my gosh, I got so much more out of this than I was expecting. Wow. Right? Like, I not only love myself and my body more, but right? like I have more energy, more aliveness. The relationship, either with an existing partner or A new partner, it has soul-filling conversations and amazing chemistry with multiple orgasms, right? That some people may never have thought about possible, but then when you see the impact that it has on your other relationships, because it's how you show up in the world, like when you have a different um, persona of your body and how you show up, you show up differently to your partner, but you show up differently to your kids. You show up differently to your clients. Mm-hmm. And it's this ripple effect. So like one of the things that I like to say is a woman who follows her desire, her pleasure, right, is setting an example and giving permission for others to do the same.
0: Well, that, that makes sense. I can imagine if, you're, if you if you've got this dimension of yourself that's cut off um you're going to connect with everyone better once you're of i don't know a a complete person i don't know if that makes sense or not um but jen what is something that um that men need to know Mm -hmm. that that good Mm question
2: yes okay this is good um
0: so, it's, pro- it's probably a lot of stuff right just like where, where <laughs> well
2: they do what, need to know why where,
0: where do i start
2: <laughs> so what's interesting i would say a couple things that men need to know first of all um that a lot of times women don't we don't know what we don't know unfortunately um but one of the things that i think is the biggest thing is we need to slow down like the men and women experience like physical intimacy differently that like the man's um perspective is more hard and fast whereas for a woman to really like get into her body it is about being slow like it's almost kind of like if you think about like fast food versus a gourmet dinner right like mm, for women That's a good one. I like having that. this like <laughs> Gourmet sex, right, where it's slow and enjoyable and sensual. Women need to have their senses involved with the experience, and that allows them to get out of their head into their body. But it's the, the slowness, the environment, the sensuality that's important for them. So if there's a way that a man can
0: recognize that and slow things down um, that would be a great tip got it Okay, oh, so to all our male <laughs> listeners out there write that one down
2: what
1: about like talk to us about pillow talk I feel like so many women yeah. want that I mean you see it in sitcoms right you see that yeah. that's like not a thing for men or that you know that's the thing that women always want like What what
2: tell us about that? Yeah. So pillow talk is actually it's critical and it's important. And I think that we don't know how to ask for what we want. Like we're we're kind of scared or we're nervous. Um so it's important to first of all set up the expectation that says, honey, like this is something I want. I need this and this is what it will provide for me. I think one of the things that I've learned in all of my years of, I'll call it like relationship coaching, right? So there's a lot that I do in regards to the communication and the relationship components on top of the the physical piece, right? Um, But we need to be able to teach and tell our man why something is important to us, to just like say, hey, you know, we have to have pillow talk to that. Right? like If he's not in the mood, it's not the right timing, you're not going to get the right connection. So it's setting the contact, saying, I have an ask of you, and this is what it will provide for me. Men are providers naturally. So if a woman can say to a man, this is what I need, I need pillow talk, et cetera, and this is what it's going to provide for me, it opens up the door for him to feel more safe, to have that conversation because again women want to talk and men want to be more physical um so we need to make sure that we are not um what's the word that I want to say we don't want to be like over talking to our men um so what I would say I kind of look at it as women don't want men to grab them too much like physically right like we need to create the space and to feel safe from a woman's perspective before we allow a man in physically women need to do the same thing to men from an emotional talking perspective
3: Mm -hmm.
2: like us just coming to our men going I need to talk right now it's literally like a man saying I need sex right now
1: (laughs) yeah well it's 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 looked upon it's looked at as nagging right it's it's that nagging behavior that men traditionally hate?
2: Yes. And it's because if we look at it from that perspective, right, women, we talk with each other all the time, right? And we're, we're so used to talking like that, But men and women are different. And we need to acknowledge that and not say, oh, he just won't open up to me. He just won't talk to me. Okay. That's like him saying, oh, she just won't have sex with me. <laughs> we have to create the safety and the security around it to do that from the sexual perspective and the talking perspective. And when you can then create that safety and environment from a talking perspective, then it opens up the door to have more of those conversations.
1: So what would you what advice would you give to let's say a woman who you know finds a partner And they're kind of on the same level in terms of vulnerability. And let's just say it's sort of non-existent, okay? And the woman decides to go to therapy or go, you know, get a coach and and becomes, wants to be more vulnerable, wants to have more intimacy, but she's now on a different level than, let's say, her partner. And let's say she tells her partner what she needs and you know, wants to go deeper and wants to, you know, connect more, but the partner just isn't there or maybe we'll never get there. What kind of advice or how do you coach somebody whose partner is maybe not willing to have a deeper sense of intimacy?
2: Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, sometimes this happens in relationship and each relationship is different and each woman has to, choose for themselves. So one of the things that's important for me as a coach, it's not my job to tell you what to do. It's my job to hold space for you, to ask questions,
3: to teach you how to connect with your own body and your own truth Mm -hmm. to make the best
2: decision for you. What I can say with my own experience, I tried everything to save my marriage, every fucking thing in the book and I laughed because some of my girlfriends were like well we knew it wasn't going to like work but <laughs> you know you had to try everything it was like trying to revive a dead horse is what I did <laughs> I even did a 40 day love dare to try to make things work oh
1: you know what I think I read a book on this
2: it is a book it's a book yeah. and a movie it's a movie called Fireproof that's got Kirk Cameron in it he's really hot and cute um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's an amazing book and I did that Tell,
1: tell okay. the audience what that, tell tell everybody what that is.
2: Okay, so um, what this is, so it was a book and uh, a, a couple who had no kids at the time were struggling with their marriage and um, they were looking at getting divorced and the the dad said to the son, do this book, do this 40-day love dare, And if after 40 days, things don't shift, then, you know, then go ahead and, and move forward with your divorce. So the son said, okay, fine. So he did the 40 um, the day love challenge. And basically what it is, is it's showing up in love every day to your spouse for the sake of love. Even if they are being a complete asshole to you, it's not about getting anything in return. It's about showing up in love. And for the, the couple in the book, Um, At the end of the 40 days, like things turned around in their relationship Hmm. and they ended up getting back together and having this beautiful relationship. Um, And I thought, wow, okay. You know what? Like this is worth a shot. Let me try this.
1: And is this like, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's like, we just had an episode on um, the five love languages. So is this, I mean, how do you tailor what you're doing? Is it? I mean, is without going into too much detail, is it like sexual acts? Is it you know more acts of service? Do you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, um, it's very different, and I can't remember what all the things were because it was like six years ago. But um, it
0: wasn't sexual acts. Okay, like, there may have been one or two things <laughs> that she said. Showing up in love, right? not showing well, up in. Sex. I'm just
1: trying to make sure. I mean, I'm just trying to.
0: You you're, tr- you're asking the question that people
1: want to know, right? Listen. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like is it, you know I'm just wondering is it like oh washing the dishes or you know what I'm saying like yes, grabbing his hand or whatever.
2: Yes. So um it probably it brought in concepts of the love languages, right? Because that's what we're all about. Like each one of us has a primary and secondary love language. Mm-hmm. Um and each of these acts I don't want to call them acts of service. Each of the acts that you had to, you had to take an action every day. Okay. Right. So there was an act of love and the act of love could be any number of things, right? It was based on whatever the question was for the day. Now, if your partner, you know, appreciated physical touch in some way, shape or form, right. I'm sure that that was one of the things of one of those days. um, Because I don't remember all the details, but some of them were easy and some of them were harder because you had to step out of your comfort zone and not expect anything in return.
1: And you had to do it no matter what.
2: And you had to do it no matter what. Okay. Even if the person told you what the, why the hell are you doing this? Or, you know, whatever. Like even my, my ex at the time was like, what happened to you? And I said, I told you I was working on us. Hmm. Right. Like I was showing up as a different person. Um, and then, After on day 39, um, my ex went and wrote me a letter and it was kind of one of those, like that was the day you were supposed to recommit yourself to your spouse. Okay. And for me, like, I just couldn't do it. It Hmm. didn't feel right in my heart and my soul. And when we came back together to talk on day
1: 39, like he wasn't feeling it either. Wow. Wow. Right. So even after
2: 20 years of marriage, something was missing between us. Mm -hmm. And he had basically said to me earlier that year, I think that I was supposed to get you from point A to point B. And someone else was supposed to get you from point B to point C. Wow. And it takes two. So like the hard thing for me was I was raised about Catholic. You don't get divorced. So divorce was never an option for me. I thought it was like the scarlet letter A, right? Like this big branding thing that I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm evil if I get divorced. So I have to figure this out. Otherwise, there's something wrong with me. And what I learned through the process is there wasn't anything wrong with me. That when I look back at why I married my my husband, I married him because he didn't want me for sex he protected me from who I was as that 16-year-old girl who was raped and pregnant. Mm. So as I grew and healed into the woman that I truly am, he chose, he did not want to heal. He did not want to do any of the work. Like we had open conversations about trying to do this work together and he had no desire. So, there is a possibility if someone does the work, their partner has to choose, and it's their partner's choice. The partner either chooses to grow with you, or chooses to go on their own path and go away. And that's, I think, some of the scary work. Of course, yeah. Because you, you don't know what's going to happen. No mm-hmm. guarantee either way. But it takes two to tango. And I remember there was this cute little old couple from our parish. And I remember they were part of the marriage encounter group when I announced and said, I, I, want to, I don't want a marriage like my parents. And what she said to me was, Jen, she's like, I've known you and your husband for years. She's like, your marriage was never a sacred union. I've watched you guys for years. You were married, but you never had that, I would say, deep spiritual connection as being united as God wanted a couple to be united. And
3: I remember her saying that to me and I was like, Oh my gosh, like for someone in the Catholic church to be able to say that to me, this older woman who respected the sanctity of marriage, right. Mm -hmm. To say that to me,
2: it was like, Oh my God, I'm not wrong and broken. Right, like, like I never had the depth of that sacred union to begin with, because we both came into it—I don't want to say blind, but not really who we were. Right, there were masks of who we were. I got married when I was twenty-two, I think, right right out of college. So I didn't even know who I was back then. Mm-hmm. He didn't know who he was. So. Some of the scary things about doing this work is we grow into who we truly are. And we don't know what that's going to do for our life. And it's going to impact everyone in a positive way, right? Because when you follow desire, when you follow your truth, it is for everyone. So even though I personally went through a divorce, um, which I thought was like the most horrific thing for my children. I had two kids that hated my fucking guts because they were teenagers at the time, right? And it was like, oh my God, how is my family going to get through this? Like so many women don't want to go down this path because you don't know where it's going to go. Right. right? And and I don't want to scare anybody because like I never thought I would get divorced. Never in a million years did I think that was my path. But I just kept saying yes to what God kept putting in front of me. I kept saying yes to my own truth, to my own desires, And what I see in front of me, Like, my children are so much happier because of me following my desire. If I would have stayed in a marriage that was unhealthy, like, and unhappy, like, my children would not be where they are right now. Like, there would be so much more turmoil and resentment and unhealthiness in the household. So I think sometimes what ends up happening is we make the decision for our children. I've had clients do this, right? It's like, yes, they want it for themselves, but it's when it impacts the children. Yeah. That they're ready to make the decision. But when the children are older, I mean, I had a dear friend of mine say, Jen, your youngest is eight. Can you live like this for another 10 years? Yeah. Like, Hell no, I can't. Ten years, no. Two years, yeah, okay. You know, I can make that happen for two years, right? We do that all the time. But like
1: Well, I think everybody waits tomorrow. People wait for this magical age and this magical time and um, because they think it's going to be better. And I mean, I've said this many times on the podcast, I'm a product of parents that stayed together way too long. And I have very strong feelings about that because I grew up in such dysfunction um, that it's good to hear from somebody who, you know, has done it and gone through it and, and feels like it's much better for their children. So I think that's really good for some of our audience to hear both sides of it.
2: Yeah, and thank you for saying that because like when I think about my parents, like one of the reasons that I am so passionate about doing this work too is my dad passed away from colon cancer like four and a half years ago. And when he died, I was the one holding his hand. My mother was in the other room. Wow. And and I love them both dearly. And, and I understand the challenges that they each both went through and put themselves through, et cetera. Right? They they didn't do the healing work, right? right. Like they didn't even know it existed, right? Um, but when I see that, like God meant for us to be in partnership, right? Like what real, true partnership is, and in order to have that deep partnership with someone, we have to do. That internal healing and that internal work so that we can have that relationship where, yeah, you can sit there and, and be there and hold your partner's hand because you have so much depth of love for them. It's not that my parents didn't love each other. It was, my mother was abused for so many years and didn't know it, like mentally, right? Mm-hmm. So she was literally realizing this at 68 years old or, you know, whatever it was, that like she couldn't be by his side
3: hmm.
2: wow. because she wanted to be free. And like, right. that's the saddest. My mother came to life when my father died. Wow. Hmm. Like That shouldn't happen, right? Like we should allow ourselves to be able to come to life during our life, not because someone died. She would've, they would have never gotten divorced because they were Catholic.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the last question I have is: Do you have to be in person with somebody, face to face, in order to help them do this work? Is it something that you can do virtually? Um, do you need to be in the same room as the same, you know, as, the, as your client?
2: Absolutely, I I do a lot of my work virtually. So um, I do in person retreats and things where it's a different experience when you're in person. However, all of the tools that I use you can actually do via the phone or sometimes I will have zoom calls where we'll do things over zoom as well too but um, it's absolutely something that you can do virtually so it's not something that necessarily has to be done in a physical location here in Chicago like I work with women you know all over the US and even have some folks out in Europe
0: and tell us how people can get in touch with you if they want to work with you
2: sure. Um, Well, there's a couple of ways. So I actually have a podcast um, called The Sensual Feminine Life. If anyone is interested, they could listen to that. Um, I also have a free Facebook group um, that is called The Sensual Feminine Life (laughs) that people can um, ask to join that. Um, Let's see. I also have my business page. My, the name of my business is called the Freedom Tees. People can go check that out if they want to as well. Um, or they can reach out and schedule a, you know, a free private consultation. Like I will sit down and meet with someone once to, to be able to just hear what they've got going on and to help them decide what might be the best thing for them. Um, I, I want to be able to be in service, to be a way for someone to say, Hey, you know what? I've got these things on my mind, but I don't know who to talk to.
1: How can somebody right. schedule that? Is that phone or email? What's the best way?
2: Um, so they can, my, they can reach me by phone, um, or they can contact my email. My email is Jen at the freedomkeys.com. or, um, we can, you know, give out my phone number. Um, sure.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Do it now.
2: Okay. Sure. It's six, three, zero six, seven, four, four, two, two, eight. Um, what I would recommend is if you did want to use that, text me and say, Hey, I heard this on the podcast. I'd love to schedule a conversation with you that way. I know what call is coming in. Um, cause you know, we get random calls all the time. <laughs> you never know who's a prank call. It is not. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, we don't answer sorry. calls and we don't know anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: And just to be clear, um, it's freedom keys, K E Y S right. That is correct. Okay, I just want to make sure that came through properly. Um, We hope that, you know, we can help some women out there and uh, have, you know, you facilitate doing that. And we really appreciate you sharing your story, what you do, really enlightening us on, you know, a a form of coaching that we've, a lot of us have never really even
2: heard of.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Well,
2: thank you so much for having me and to helping spread the word because I think it is, it's an important topic that more people need to hear about so that they can become more educated and then make the decision when it's best for them.
1: Well, we are excited to get this uh, episode up and running. And once we do so, we'll let you know when it's up. And right. um, we really thank you.
2: Thank you so much for
1: having me. Sure. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good rest of okay. your weekend. Take care. You too. Bye, Jen. Bye-bye. Well, that you, was... You
0: totally overshared. I, I know, to right? be careful.
1: That was um, that was kind of fascinating. I mean, you yep. know, at first, you this is what what's really cool about coaching is you, when you hear about a certain kind of coach, right? You're like, well, who needs that? Like, what's that all about? Yeah. And then when you hear people explain it, you know, we've had an energy coach, we had an NLP coach. Um, when you have them explain it, you're like, oh, it totally makes sense. Uh, like, yeah, people need may need
3: that.
0: Yeah, especially you know, as she's telling her story. And, you know, the things that she went through as she was younger, there are so many people that go through that. I mean, the, I saw a statistic on it, sexual assault, sexual abuse, and the, the percentage of people that have been assaulted and abused, it's just mind boggling.
1: It really is. I think
0: women, it's somewhere 60 something percent, and men, it's way more than you would think. And... And people don't want to talk about it. And so you hold these things in and it it affects your life.
1: You know, I, I especially liked how she shared how her she felt like her husband was this sort of savior for her because she had gone through such trauma. And he was like protecting protected her. And and then once she healed, she felt like, okay. And I like she how she said he took me from or he said he took her from point, point A, A to, to, point to
0: point B. B. Sometimes we get married at a young age and you're still sort of evolving, you know. And then if you've got some of those challenges on top of that, you can get a few years down the road and find out that one person has evolved and the other one just didn't, can't, doesn't want to. Right. And it makes it difficult for that relationship.
1: I mean, that was, I I was pleasantly surprised on that one. I liked it. You know, I really yep. liked learning you, about that. I thought she you thought you would guests. not
0: like it. What, what did you No,
1: I just wasn't sure where, you know, let's be honest. When we do these podcasts, we never know where the guest, where, where the guest is going to take us or where we're going to take right. the guests, yeah. you know? And so sometimes you're, especially this topic, I was a little unsure about how this would navigate or what questions we would really dive into. And I thought that that was, I thought it went really well. I yes. learned, I learned a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and the men got some advice, they too. They did. They so. did. Good
1: call on that question. Very good. All right, All right. Well.
0: So I think that's it for this episode of Too Fit to be Tied. I'm Jerome.
1: I'm Constance.
0: And we'll see you next time.
1: Bye.